You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family and all of our friends who are listening to the podcast today, thanks a ton for taking time to engage. Listen, our podcasts are daily reminders throughout the week that we are the body of Jesus together. We're in this together and we're on mission together. So I hope that today you enjoy the Lord, that you abide in Christ, and this is your daily reminder. So as we chat today, uh, I'm going to be with my good friend Jeremy Stroh, who's a partner with me at Carterville. He's our pastor to students in in, uh, middle school, high school, college. Uh, Stroh and I have been walking in our Christian journey together for uh, almost two decades. And so, Stro, thanks a ton for taking time to be on the podcast today. Morning. Glad to be here. So, Stro, um, I just want to kind of compliment you, but also sort of uh, tease everybody who's listening today. Um, a lot of folks in our church know you, you know, as our student pastor, and they know some things about you. But, you know, I know you to be one of the stronger thinkers you know, in my world. I appreciate your thought. I think I appreciate the purity of your thoughts and your, your determination to love Jesus, you know, with your with your lifestyle, but also with your with your mind, and so I'm excited about our conversation about community today. So our church family is focused on community, and I just want to kind of kick us off with a strong statement, and then I'll let you unpack it for a minute. We're going to be talking about community and discipleship. We'll be talking about community and student ministry, uh, about the power for a community to shape our life. So here's my strong statement. Um, so I have come to believe that. Engaging Jesus in community, right? The discipline of community. I'm going to call it the discipline of community because it takes discipline to sacrifice, to put other people first, to forgive. All the things that that are required to create and preserve community um, truly are discipline. They're not natural to our flesh, but the Spirit can lead them. So I'm going to say that the discipline of Christian community may be as important for many of our church members, for their spiritual growth, um, as other private disciplines that we cherish, like our daily Bible study, our personal morning prayers, you know, things like that. So I'm throwing out there to say that, hey, church family, I'm going to recommend that the Christian discipline of community might be what's missing in the transformation of your spiritual life. And it may have the power to impact you and to help you be shaped into the image of Jesus on the same scale um, as other Christian disciplines like fasting or prayer or generosity. Stro, what do you think about that? Yeah, community is essential. It's a huge discipline, and I would agree with you. It's, it's super important. Jesus lived in it constantly. Um, the, uh, the gospel writers made it a point to note when he was out of community, like when he would step out into the presence of the Father alone and yeah. step away from it. But Jesus' default was to be with the disciples. He lived in community constantly. The disciples were in community constantly. They lived together. They shared meals together. They were in homes daily together. The church was together all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the truth is, I think it's because we can't practice the Christian worldview alone. You just can't. You're going to live like the rest of the world. Um, you're going to live like the people around you. A lot of it just depends on who you spend your time with. And so, super important to the church that the ones that were writing on their minds and their hearts what to believe, the ones who were uh, confirming the truths that they held to most deeply, were deep followers of Jesus. And they made a point to talk about it and to eat together and to celebrate and to play together and to laugh about the joy and the hope that they found in Jesus. And they did it all the time. So, uh, I know 
in my studies of the scripture, you know, I've read Bible commentators and people who are talking about the social world of the, of the New, New Testament, you know, who made a real point to say that in the West, Western culture, you know, I mean, America, you know, the, the you know, North America in general, um, uh, Europe, you know, European countries, you know, the inheritance of the West is largely an individualistic culture. You know, we generally think about the freedom of the individual, your ability to succeed on your own, you know, to separate yourself from, you know, from your past or whatever. Uh, whereas the world of the scriptures, the ancient Near East, was primarily a communal culture to begin with, like, you know, embedded in family units, embedded in village life, embedded in your nation, your people. Um, and then in the transformation of, of the New Testament, being transformed into the people of God no matter where you came from but but always communal and so I think uh, to be honest with you that while it's natural for us to have friend groups and whatever in in the West for me um, the disciplines of real community have not necessarily come natural I've kind of had to remind myself that Christianity is not a solo sport what are some of the ways that in your opinion that, that Christianity cannot be practiced well alone and can only be practiced well in community Sure. I mean, the first way is that if you're going to discover the fullness of God, if right. you really want to understand His heart and His character and His nature, um, you can't do it by yourself. Um, you are one of billions who live right now, and you are a small reflection of who God is. There are things that you, there are things you cannot learn on your own. I mean, we all know how slow it is to try to learn by yourself, to try to learn something new by reading a book or, I mean, just not having someone in the room. I mean, even a YouTube video requires someone else kind of speaking into your story. Even a book yeah. requires someone else in some ways. So the point being is if, you're, if your journey of finding and following God happens on your own, it's going to be a very slow one. You're only going to learn as far as you can see, as far as you can reach, as far as you can read. And so you've got to have other people. Uh, there's so much that I've learned from you, from my wife, from my friends, from my interns, from our students um, when it comes to what God is like and how to follow Him. It's hard to learn patience, love, joy, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness apart from relationships because those are not solo sure. things. Right, yeah. Can't be kind by myself very well. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, trying to follow Jesus when the fruit of His Spirit in us is all communal, Yeah. it, it just doesn't work. It's silly. Man, I appreciate you, I appreciate you um, helping us think about that. I mean, and I even think about you know patience, you know, bear with each other. Uh, I can't do that by myself. Um, in the New Testament, saying bear one another's burdens, well, I can't do that by myself. You know, the clear commands to confess my sins to somebody, or the cleanse, clear, clear commands to uh, to forgive, you know, uh, all these things, I can't really do very well apart from community. And so it turns out for me that community is one of the ways that God shapes us into the image of Jesus Christ. And so, all right, well, let me, let's talk about more specifically for a few minutes, just student ministry um, and community. You know, I, I've got a special heart for student ministry, love student ministry. Some of my favorite years of ministry were the years um, that Lynn's and I were able to lead in student ministry. But gosh, you've been doing a lot longer than I ever did. And so let's talk about student ministry and community for a few minutes. Yeah, so great community and student ministry um, definitely happens, but um, it requires a couple things, and um, there are a couple things that make it a little tricky. So the tricky things is that students are still figuring out who they are, so being honest, being open, and being willing to share who you are is a little tricky when you're a student because you're still not sure how you feel about some things, how you're going to do certain things, and how you're growing. So um, it requires um, a lot more fluidity, uh, fluidity, if you will, and um and just kind of patience in figuring out what's going on in the story. So 
sometimes that makes students a lot more um, afraid to share who they are because they're just yeah. not sure yet. So the truth is a great community requires honesty, intimacy, a lot of listening, a lot of sharing, and um, having someone who laughs with you and trusts you and loves you well in the middle of you figuring out who you are and who you were created by God to be. And that's strengths and weaknesses and everything. So one of the hurdles there is, well, students are still figuring out who they are, and sometimes that makes them super shy or super careful. Um, one of the cool parts about community with students, though, is that they are trying to figure it out, and they enjoy having other voices speaking in. They enjoy experiment in another way, like going, all right, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think? They're open to a lot of new ideas because they are trying to build and form who they believe they are created by God to be. And so that stuff's fun. Um, and so it's really neat to be a part of that journey with our students. Um, we've, man, I've seen it in a lot of different groups. The best things that are helpful is, one, listen well. Be sure there's room for honesty and openness. Um, love well which helps kind of stir up that honesty and that openness. And um, and then, man, make some time to play together, just to do things that aren't super heavy. Um, that balance is really, really good, and that makes student ministry, a lot of our communities work well. Our college students find great community and the chance to be together, to ask hard questions, to listen. Um, but it takes making sure everybody has a voice, everybody yeah. has a chance to, to share. And then it also takes us playing. We make it a point to goof off together um, every week uh, some way or another. It's just so that we can relax a little bit and be a little bit more honest and not feel like folks are are, um, are, are over that. And it's the same with students. Having students, man, for as long as I have worked with students, students have been in my homes, um, whether that was me and some college guys who were leading small groups or my wife and I hosting groups. Like we just, students in homes and small groups is a big deal. Having a chance just to just to be who they are. And so that's a big part of student student ministry community. And that's even COVID-19, that's what we're working on now, being together on Wednesdays and then trying to make time every week to hang out with different mm -hmm. different groups. So one of the things that I want to say is, you know, kind of pastorally to our church family, you know, if, if we have any students listening to the podcast or certainly we have plenty of parents listening to the podcast, then I just want to encourage you to engage Christian community, engage it well. So be intentional about it. Uh, you, I, I think about the, sometimes they were super cheesy, you know, the Bible studies about your friends back when I was a youth minister, sure. you know, whatever. But but the, they may be cheesy, but there was a reason that they're kind of a hallmark of student ministry because, like, the power of community to shape who you are and to allow you to shape culture is profound. And so, uh, man, I just want to encourage you to engage, but engage intentionally. Like, uh, make our church community better. Students, I'm talking to, I mean, I'm talking to our middle schoolers, I'm talking to our high schoolers. Like, you guys, I want to invite you into community with your friends, but I want you to invite you into community with the rest of the church. And I just want to tell you how much, man, that, that we're praying for you and we're excited for you. I want to encourage families. Like, um, it's super important, in my opinion, for us to... Uh, to, just to just to prioritize our, our students being engaged together so that we can create a healthy community. Yeah, two things that will really, I think, that are important for us. Two things that will ruin community. Okay. Um, one, when it comes to student ministry and when it comes to adults, um, community requires being selfless. It requires getting over yourself. It requires being a part of a group, um, even when you don't feel like it. There are plenty of days when it's easier to stay at home and play a video game, when I'm more comfortable at home watching television, when I'm more comfortable at home working on homework, or when I'm more comfortable at home just doing whatever I want to do. The greatest hurdle in our culture, that independent thinking going, I don't want to go be a part of community. And if I don't want to, I, then I'm not going to go. Like, 
We don't do community because we want to. We do it because we need to, because it's important for us to grow. Um, community is not just about what we get out of it, but what we pour into it. And so we have to be sure that we shift our mindset to you don't have to want to be there to need to be there. The second thing is, I would, I mean, I'd warn us, technology has gotten in the way of community. Um, it's become, I mean, we'll sit in a circle and I'm looking at, you know, four people looking at phones and nobody looking or listening to each other. And on the foundation of good community, right? I think James is spot on. He said we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Just just paying attention to one another. Turning down the fight. Phones and social media can help sometimes keep us connected. But right now, I think they hurt us a lot more in some ways. Yeah, and I, I recognize the relevance of that in student ministry or student ministry small group or when kids are hanging. But also, even as a parent, I'm mm-hmm. feeling that. You know, how, yeah. how often... Um, I need to just engage my family better. And they say, hey, Dad, put your phone down. Yeah. You know, because I'm responding to an email that I think is super important, you right. know, or I'm trying to check something on Facebook that just seems mm-hmm. like very important. And so I feel, so I'll say to our whole church, man, I feel the pressure there. I feel the pull there. But I want to underscore your words and say, man, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to create some boundaries and discipline for social media so we can engage well together. Yeah. Stray, listen, thanks a lot for being with us today. I know that you got a lot more to say about community, but um, I think this is sort of our time for today. So I appreciate it. And I want to challenge our church. Listen, I believe that Carterville's future, that we can be the best church family that we can possibly be, that we can change the world and change lives uh, as we engage in healthy community. But that will take some discipline and sacrifice and love. But I know that in the power of God's Holy Spirit, He can reshape us so that we can be ready to engage in healthy community in a way that glorifies Jesus. So, church, I'm inviting you to love one another well. 